1: How's it, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. And I'm DJ. DJ is back. Jimmy is still away for a few more months, and Jimmy's really missing out.
2: He is really—it's Commander Christmas— and we're opening up all the presents, and where is Jimmy? Jimmy's like the the
1: jaded older brother that like, you're like, come on, wake up, Santa Claus uh, is here. Let oh, yeah, God. let me
2: go to sleep. We that's- know that's not true. We know Jimmy's like somewhere else miserable that we get to have all the fun without him.
1: <laughs> and we are gonna be having a lot of fun today. So we've already done a ton of bonus content. We did the deck reviews of each pre-con deck. We looked at all of the new cards in a sort of set review. And now it's time for, let's be honest, Everybody's favorite part of this whole process, which is building brand new decks from scratch around the new commanders.
2: Oh, it's my favorite time. Playing the pre cons is great, but I really like to pick that commander out and start brewing from scratch. That's what I'm really excited about.
1: And uh, what new commander are we going to be talking about oh, today, we got- DJ?
2: Zancha sleeper agent
1: Zancha, a three-mana five five that you give to one of your opponents so they can smash your other opponents with it
2: It's got some other cool stuff on it, too. This is just such a weird card. I'm excited to dive right in
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see what you came up with DJ before we get into that You've noticed we're doing a ton of extra content right now and none of that would even be possible without the help of a great
2: sponsor vrv We've talked about them before on the show. It's a high-quality, super convenient, multi-form streaming service. They've got tons of awesome content like Cartoon Hangover, Crunchyroll, Funimation, Rooster Teeth, Geek & Sundry, and many more.
1: And right now, we're giving away a special 30-day free trial to the service. All you have to do is use our affiliate link, vrvco zone, to test the service out for free for 30 days.
2: This is a really awesome service. And one of the great things about VRV is that they're constantly adding new stuff. They recently released the first three seasons of Killjoys, for example, as well as all the 2011 Thundercats show.
1: Which was made by the same studio that did Netflix's Voltron, for all you Voltron fans out there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And very recently, within the last few days, they just came out with SWAT cats.
1: Oh, yeah. Just a ton of awesome content to watch. And one of the more unique things about the service that I find super convenient is they allow offline downloading. For most streaming platforms, you need an active internet connection to watch anything, but VRV lets you download the videos now and then watch them offline later. Like when you're camping on a plane at the beach in a, in a submarine.
2: Yep, those, for all those casual submariners out there, we've got you covered. You know, Come on, you know
1: somebody's <laughs> done that before. It has to have happened. Sure. Okay, but seriously, vrv.co slash command zone, that's our referral link. If you use that, you're going to get a free 30-day trial. You'll be supporting this show and simultaneously trying out an awesome service. So head on over there. And another way to support the show is directly. If you go to patreon.com slash command zone, you can contribute Right to this show, to Game Nights, you'll be helping all of our content. We really do appreciate all of our patrons. And in fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Kevin Kevin Kubina. Kubina. Kevin, you rock. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, let's get into Zancha, the sleeper agent, deck tech here. Now, oh now you gosh. sort of. I think
2: I gotta read Zanca Sleeper Agent so people really understand what we're talking about. This here. is a this is a weird card. We had. teased Zancha and we didn't even talk about her best ability. She's, I mean, she's a sleeper card out of this set. A sleeper card. Like she'll but be he, powerful. All
1: right, she'll let, be powerful. Let's read her.
2: Zanca Sleeper Agent is one black red for a five five legendary minion. As Zanca Sleeper Agent enters the battlefield, an opponent of your choice gains control of it. Zancha attacks each combat, if able, and can't attack its owner or Planeswalker its owner controls. Okay. That's the kind of stuff you know. Now it has this wonderful activated ability at the bottom. Three, Zantia's controller loses two life, and you draw a card. Any player may activate this ability.
1: Okay. So you pay three mana. It's a five-five. As soon as it hits the table, you give it to... Boom.
2: It's yours. It's the table. It's Josh's now.
1: Okay, so DJ played it. He gives it to me. Now, I can, at- I have to attack with it each combat, but I can't attack DJ or, or a Planeswalker he controls with it.
2: Yeah, go nuts uh, at the rest of the table.
1: So I can hit Mel, I can hit Jimmy, but I can't hit DJ with it because that's it. He, he owns it. And I
2: give you a new toy. Aren't you happy with me?
1: I'm, I guess so. But then the problem is that <laughs> not just DJ, but Mel and Jimmy, so the other opponents in the game can, at any time they want to, pay three mana, and then I lose two life and they draw a card.
2: I, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I pay three. I draw a card. You lose two life. The, and everybody gets to do Everyone that. gets to team up against you and draw cards. <laughs> and then you're forced to attack uh, everyone else. It seems like a win-win-win for me, the caster of Zancha.
1: This is a really interesting card. And it, there's not a lot that comes into your head right when you see it as far as how to build around it. There's a couple things. Like infinite mana is clearly really good.
2: Infinite mana just wins the game. Right. Because I will draw... If you have enough cards in your deck to draw. So let's say you're at 40 life. I draw 20 cards, dealing you...
1: 40 damage. Which means I die. It exiles Zancha, That goes back to your command zone. And now you still have infinite mana.
2: I have infinite mana, so I'll cast it again. And this time I'll give it to Jimmy.
1: And then you still have infinite mana, so you activate it 20 (laughs) times.
2: Draw 20 more cards, deal 40 to Jimmy.
1: He dies. It exiles. It goes to your command zone, and you give it to Mel bingo bango bongo sorry
2: mel you're dead too
1: (laughs) so that's the only like real obvious interaction that comes up though this card is very interesting from a lot of aspects as far as like it's forced to attack and then
2: yeah so it's interesting because we have cards that combo with ultimate mana or with infinite mana yeah that's not that interesting you can find this a lot of different places but the donating part The politics part. The has to
1: attack part. The
2: has to attack part. Exactly. Uh, The fact that this comes out on three. Swings for five. Exactly. That just opens up so many other lines of play. Yeah, we could build a deck that basically you just wait and have Zantia in your command zone to be a kill condition once you have infinite mana. But I want to play with all aspects of Zantia. So I want to punish people, I wanna donate certain things, I wanna manipulate combat, I wanna have those big amounts of mana to draw more cards. I wanna play around with this awesome commander.
1: All right, so let's delve into the type of deck that you brewed here, DJ, and some of the key cards for the strategy.
2: Absolutely, so we mentioned the most obvious strategy, which is infinite mana, so we wanna produce ridiculous, deadly amounts of mana. And so I think the first card that I wanna talk about is great in red it's mana geyser i think this card is criminally underplayed in red decks mana geyser is three red red for a sorcery and you add to your mana pool an amount of red mana equal to the number of tapped lands your opponents control um
1: i've seen people play this and get literally like 30 plus mana sometimes it's so easy to get
2: tons and tons of mana and Okay. Honestly, this I, can be... I this doesn't brought it have up on be, my
1: phone, everybody. It this, took a while. Did I say it right? You did. I did. Uh, it's only tap lands your opponent's controls. Is that what you yeah, said? That's what okay. Yeah,
2: that's um, Okay. Sometimes
1: I get confused and think it's all players, but it's not.
2: No, that's okay. You, you're you playing against three opponents most of the time. And so, honestly, this is going to generate you a ton of mana, even more in the late game. And you automatically have an outlet for all of this mana. Sometimes yeah. you play this and then you cast an Eldrazi. You cast a big spell. But now you have the ability to refill your hand and deal damage with all of this mana.
1: I mean, in a modest case, let's say that, you know, you cast this and one opponent has six tap lands, another has seven and another has, you know, seven. That's- Six,
2: like, seven, seven? Like, that's 20 mana. And that's not weird. Like, that's not like- That's not, yeah, that's not crazy that over could the top That still be numbers. your
1: opponents holding some things open, some answers open. Oh yeah. And that's gonna give you 20 mana. That's a modest case.
2: And twenty mana will let you activate Zansha.
1: six times, and then you add one of your own, so yeah. seven times. So it would be fourteen damage and draw seven cards. Yes. So if yes, if mana guys are red, three red, red, draw seven, deal fourteen. It would that would be one of the yes. uh, just a great card.
2: That'd be a great card. But also one thing is that you might be activating Zansha over and over and over again, and so just having the ability to play all of the cards that you've drawn with this mana geyser could be good. So it's not like all of these only work with your commander. They work with the card draw as well, all this mana generation.
1: But I, I do like that Zansha, just any spillover mana you have, you just can push it into that oh, totally. ability. So interesting. Um, the next card you have listed is Neheb the Eternal, one of Jimmy's favorites. It's also three red red for a four, six legendary zombie Minotaur warrior. It has a flicked 3, which is whenever this creature becomes blocked, uh, defending player loses 3 life. So, even if you block it, you still take 3 damage. The big text, though, is, at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you add red to your mana pool for each 1 life your opponents have lost this turn. So, with Zancha, if I pay 3 mana, that's going to make my opponent lose 2 life, and then after combat, Neheb will refund two of the three mana that I paid. Wow.
2: That's pretty good. That's really and We good. all know how powerful Neheb is. Naheb can generate ridiculous amounts of mana. And not to mention what Josh was talking about is the synergy with our commander. So The fact good. That, that you lose life when you activate this. And or
1: your opponent loses life when exactly, you activate it. Yep.
2: The opponent loses life and then Neheb refunds that mana. It's just amazing. I also like that it's a 4-6. This is a 5-5. Five, five. Right there's a chance that you cast your your sleeper agent and then you need to swing in with Neheb and they you don't want to basically swing in and have Zancha die. And so Zancha can block and everything's fine they just bounce off of each other. I mean they have
1: to attack they with Zancha to- so it's hard for her to be untaps but if they had a yeah, way Yeah, if you
2: if you literally is like okay, well, I want I want to be able to activate Zancha so I'm going to cast it this turn. Activate, 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 attack, have to attack them. Right. Get my afflict damage. And then you get all that refunded mana.
1: Think of Neheb with Mana Geyser. Because you could play, let's say you got the 20 mana, right? Well, yeah. I'm... You play Neheb, you have 15 left. You activate Zancha five times, right? That does 10 damage to them. And you're going to get 10 mana back that turn.
2: It's crazy. That's brutal. That it's is crazy. <laughs> that's pretty brutal.
1: This That's a KO puncher right there, Neheb. Just with, Absolutely. Yeah. You could get somebody where they think they're fine. They're at 30 life or something. And Neheb comes out and they're like, uh-oh, because you're going to get so much mana and you're going to turn that into damage and cards.
2: Yeah, and they're, we're going to have other ways to deal damage in this deck. And so Neheb isn't just like a, a one-card combo with your commander. We have lots of ways to deal damage. And so Neheb's going to constantly, turn after turn, give us mana.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one is a card that I feel like should be more broken than it feels. And it might just be because I haven't seen it out in play enough.
2: Wait, you haven't seen this be broken? This is... We're giving everyone the tech in this deck tech, because Mana Geyser, I think, is underplayed. Naheb is probably appropriately played, but very powerful. And I got another spicy one for you. It's Treasonous Ogre.
1: Does this see playing c 8 Because it feels like it would be really good in those type of decks.
2: I mean, let's read it, and then we can kind of talk about okay. it. Uh, three and a red for a 2-3 Ogre Shaman with Dethrone. Whatever. You can pay three life and add red to your mana pool. So you Reason turn, why,
1: turn your life into mana.
2: Yeah. The, that's a powerful effect, which is why Josh is like, why don't I see this more? This is a stupid, powerful effect. And also, well, CEDH is going for the most stupid, powerful effects. Is this played there?
1: And usually in Cdh, they'll do things like, I'll go down to one, but I'll win this turn with my combo. And all I really need is mana to be able to play this stuff. And this gives it to you. In the history of magic, anything where you've been able to pay life for mana has been broken.
2: I mean, Phyrexian mana is two life for a mana, and that's ri- ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, this is three life for a mana, so it might be a little bit steep, but we might have some life to play with. We start at 40, and we're going to be killing people pretty quickly.
1: And there might be turns where, like, oh, if I just had two more mana, then it yeah, allows me to cast, you know, something else this turn that really quote-unquote combos off, or finishes people off as well. Absolutely. Yep. And
2: and we're talking about Treasonous Ogre to sort of move your plan forward, get things out faster, uh, play that mana geyser and that extra stuff. We're not suggesting that you pay nine life to get three mana to activate Zansha and deal two no, damage and no, draw no a card. No. You do Unless it on it's their tr- last two life, maybe.
1: Yeah, you do, <laughs> maybe. And you do it on a turn where, like, yeah, that allows you to drop a, another critical piece that's going to put you over the top. So let's say you just needed... And a little extra mana to activate a Rings of Bright Hearth, then you might pay six life. So Rings of Bright Hearth is an infinite man- mana generator, and we've said that infinite mana will automatically win with Sancha. Now, that's a little bit of a misnomer. You need enough red and uh, black. You need, you need infinite enough- mana plus like two red and two black. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so Basalt Monolith and Rings of Bright Hearth will give you the colorless part of the infinite mana. Uh, Basalt Monolith is three mana for an artifact. It taps for three mana, but it doesn't untap during your untap step. It costs three mana to untap basalt monolith. You can do that at any time. So you kinda spend three and save it up. You put the mana on layaway for later. Rings of Brighthearth, however, is three mana for an artifact. It says whenever you activate an ability, if it isn't a mana if it is not a mana ability, you may pay two. If you do, copy that ability and you may choose new targets for the copy. Now, a lot of people get confused here because they're like, well, Basalt Monolith taps for mana, that's a mana ability. Rings of Bright Hearth can't copy it. That's correct. However, Rings of Bright Hearth can copy the second ability, which is pay three, untap Basalt Monolith. And that's what you're doing. So you're tapping the Monolith for three, you use two of it with Rings of Bright Hearth, and then you pay three to untap Basalt Monolith. Rings of Bright Hearth copies that. So you're now gonna untap the Basalt Monolith twice for five mana. You got one mana left over. And so you just do that infinite times and you'll you'll tick up, now I have two mana, now I have three. I do that exactly. infinite times. I have infinite mana and I can pump it all into Zantra for cards and, you know, player again, player again, win.
2: You need a little bit to get going and you need to be able to explain to your friends how it does. Basically, like like we said, it's the the Basalt Manalith is tapped, two to untap it, and then you're three to untap it. And you're like, wait, I'm going to copy that trigger. Now you have two triggers of untap on the stack. As it untaps, you tap it again for mana as that trigger resolves, and then you untap it again.
1: Uh, guess who the first person was that I remember explaining that combo to me.
2: Who? Craig. Of course. Of course Craig would be. Craig's like, I've won. Let me explain to you exactly yeah, how i Yeah, I was like,
1: it. it says doesn't copy mana abilities. He's like, yeah, but I'm copying this ability. I'm like,
2: oh. <laughs> yeah. One thing also to remember, we were talking about the need for red and black mana. Uh, sometimes that might solve itself. If you're drawing 20 cards yeah. to kill your opponent and you have infinite colorless mana, you're like, oh, look, here's my Rakdos Signet. I'll play it with my infinite colorless mana, yep. and then now suddenly I have the red and the black or or some other cards that fix your mana.
1: Even like Dark Ritual or something, that's a card you could play here because it will replace itself at the least with Zancha. I don't know if it's in your list, but that would yeah. fix your colorless, those things. Uh, this is a really smart card I didn't think about.
2: Yeah. It's called Hearthstone.
1: Not Hearthstone.
2: Heart <laughs> Heartstone. Stone. Yes. Uh, three colorless mana. It's an artifact. Activated abilities of creatures cost one less to activate. This effect can't reduce the amount of mana the inability costs to activate to less than one mana. So you, so can't, you, can't, you can't go down You can't make an zero. ability
1: free, but it'll make Zantcha's cost two. I did not realize this was a symmetrical effect. Yeah, I've it'll never make really... it two.
2: And what's great is it'll make it two for everyone. So if we're all trying to punish Jimmy, who has the zancha, not just... I don't have to just pay two. You can pay two and Mel can pay two as well as we just mow Jimmy down.
1: It makes a big, big difference because in the Mana Geyser thing, if you have 20 mana instead of activating seven times and with Neheb, you actually get full refund. (sighs) So for every mana you spend, you get it back. It's funny, I have Hearthstone in like three or four decks and I just never noticed it helped my opponents too because it doesn't seem to matter. But here,
2: Yeah, it doesn't really seem to matter that much. And Hearthstone could have some other effects involved in the deck.
1: Pretty cool. So th- that was the deadly mana production category. I like that. Now we're moving <laughs> on to the manipulate combat category. Now, why do we need to manipulate combat?
2: Yeah, because Zancha is required to attack. And not only do we want to make sure that she doesn't die in combat... But also, it's fun to make sure that we get extra damage through to our opponents. That's like free damage. And if we can manipulate combat, then not only are we draining Jimmy as we activate Zanch's ability, but also you're taking five to the face. And Mel's taking five to the face next turn.
1: Well, and let's be honest. If you play that card, give it to me. All I'm thinking is, how do I get this thing dead? And the best way for me to do that is to attack into somebody who can block it or otherwise kill it
2: what's great too politically is that sometimes they're not going to want they might that. not want yeah. to but sometimes you can't just they'll take want five it off over and over like if i'm drawing like a bajillion cards off of it and they're getting attacked they might be like dude i'm done with this zancha but sometimes if they'll take the five because they're like look i'm going to punish you with four and draw two cards next turn
1: right but it, you know you're not going to take more than two hits before you you're like i can't take five over and over and over they're gonna if somebody has the ability to block it they will so you need to be able to control combat, manipulate exactly. combat, like you said. But I
2: love that sequence of play, because what yeah. Josh described is that you don't have to manipulate combat in the beginning, because people are going to... Yeah, maybe. People are going to play around. They might take a hit. They might do that. But having the ability to do it later, where suddenly Josh is forced to attack, and Jimmy's like, look, I can't I can't deal with stupid Zantra anymore. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait, Jimmy. I got some tricks up my sleeve.
1: <laughs> I do think also it behooves you to have um, ways in the deck that manipulate combat that you can use if blocks happen so you mm. don't have to use them necessarily you can sort of wait and see does that person block or do they do the thing where it's like i'll take five so you still have that thing and then when they're like no i'm sick of it i'm gonna block you go okay well now i'll use the trick but you know yeah. you can wait to see what they do rather than guessing and and this first card that you've got listed kind of does that
2: have you seen this card get play
1: uh i don't think i've ever seen i've this never card seen this a, card in, in eh no no <laughs> I'll be honest. (laughs) I've never seen it. I've played a lot of commander. I've (laughs) never seen that card. I mean, I've seen it, but not in an EDH game.
2: Balduvian warlord three and a red for a three, two human barbarian. It has an ability tap, remove target blocking creature from combat creatures. It blocked that (laughs) creatures it blocked that no other creature blocked. This combat become unblocked. Then it blocks an attacking creature of your choice. Play this ability only during the declare blocker step.
1: So you can try to switch blockers around or just remove a blocking creature.
2: Yeah, well, you can. I think the important part is switching yeah. blockers. Uh, but that's really cool. They block something and then you're like, no, I'm going to unblock that or I'm going to switch blockers. Uh, this you can screw like it up so weird... that Zancha
1: eats something rather than. Oh just... my gosh,
2: yeah. Yeah. You move it around, Zancha eats something, or it, it gets a little bit confusing if they start double blocking. You know, but
1: I think the good thing about this is if this is sitting on the table, which it has to be to be used. Yeah, everyone else is like knows it's there. <laughs> most people are like, I don't know, I don't even understand what that thing can do. I'm just not going to block because I don't want to deal with getting blown out somehow that I don't understand. So that's a good, you know, that's a good foil for that. Okay. Um, the next ones kind of work in a sort of a similar way.
2: Yeah, it's just like the most basic effect that we that we thought of is Maze of If. Yeah. That's something that we're all pretty familiar with. The one that we just described, the the Balduvian something or other. It can kind of have like that a more complicated <laughs> fact. You know way what I mean? more complicated. <laughs> it, is, it is more complicated. Maze just removes things from combat. So you can just wait and they go, oh, I
1: blocked Sancha because I'm sick of taking five damage. And you go, okay, I'll remove her from combat just so that it lives and I can keep having, you know this activated ability that I want to activate out there. Uh thematic compass is a new card that kind of flips over and becomes a maze of it. It's become Spires of Orozca, but it's basically the same card. This next one, I l- I've wanted to play this card and I feel like it's always in the like, you know, when you go through and you're building your deck and you're sort of like, I don't know about you, but I, go- I have this big box of stuff. And at the end, I just kind of go through and be like, there's all the cards I've always thought about playing. Can I fit any into this deck? Endbringer's always in there and never makes a deck. Maybe this is finally the one for it.
2: Poor Endbringer. I'm sorry. You're so cool, Endbringer.
1: Endbringer is cool. I'll read it. It's five and a colorless or five and a diamond for a 5-5 Eldrazi. It says, untap Unbringer during each player's untap step. So it's untapped at the beginning of each of your opponent's turns. You can tap it to ping something, deal one damage to any target now. You can pay a colorless and tap it and target creature can't attack or block this turn. Hmm. Or you can pay two colorless, tap it, and draw a card. It's really the can't attack or block thing, which is the big reason. And I think that's the big reason I don't put it in many decks because that part's not very useful where the other two seem decent. And now that's like, oh, all three abilities are relevant, I I can definitely see running it. And what you do is you just look around, take a survey of the battlefield, and if Zantra's going to get eaten easily, you tell her not to attack. Or if she's attacking into somebody and they have like a 6-6 and a 3-3, you can make it so the 6-6 can't block and then... Just total
2: control over combat. And another thing is that this might feel really mana intensive, but we plan on having a lot of mana. We mentioned explosive mana in this dangerous mana section, but we're also going to have mana rocks. We're going to have some ramp available. We're going to have this diamond mana on a lot of mana rocks too, so we can keep activating Endbringer over and over again. And I love the ability of just... I'm just going to ping you. Yeah. I'm just going to ping you. Hey,
1: in a world where there are more Planeswalkers than ever that are going to be commanders, Endbringer, oh. really, really good to just sort of keep them off that ultimate. Because it, the old wording is it one damage to target creature or player, but you could redirect the player damage to the Planeswalker. And the new wording is uh, any, target any target on all this That's stuff. Cool. So, yeah, pretty cool. That's
2: really cool. I like, pingers have become really good because you know wait, a wait, lot whoa, of... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pingers have always been good. Pingers have, be- pingers have become better because <laughs> well. now there's going to be Planeswalker Commanders running rampant. That's true. Yeah.
1: This is an oldie, a really oldie. This is a really This is one oldie. of the first cards I remember like being like, wait, what's it
2: do? I don't remember this card at <laughs> oh, all. Oh, man.
1: When I first started playing, it was like very confusing, and we played it wrong because the rules were hard to figure out at that time. Go, yeah, it's Nettling My, Imp.
2: I'm reading I'm reading it straight off the card. I'm sure there's some Oracle there's Text some Oracle action sex. going on there.
1: Yeah, let's just read it.
2: Tap, force a particular one of opponent's non-wall creatures to attack. If target creature cannot attack, it is killed at the end of turn. This ability can only be used during opponent's turn before the attack. May not be used on creatures summoned this turn.
1: I like how they were like... Uh, we got room for the word particular. Let's put that on there.
2: <laughs> Not, <laughs> well, how will they know which creature if we don't say particular creature? <laughs> Let's break this down into like actual English.
1: Oh, you don't want to talk about like the, the crazy wording they had back in the day. Fine.
2: <laughs> I want to. explain the I, card. I'm pretty
1: sure it says tap and uh, make something attack. Target creature attacks this turn if able. That's what. That's what except the for if
2: is. they have summoning sickness or a wall, and if they don't attack it gets destroyed. That's that's. that's a, the, I if, like that a lot. That's
1: the if able part. Also, if it's a creature that has a tap ability now, I believe you can activate the tap ability and then it can attack. So, mm. And you're not forced to have it attack. Like if you had a uh, lightning greaves out, you don't have to like attach the lightning greaves yeah, and make it attack. To, yeah. yeah, things like that. So yeah, this is, this is sort of forcing other people to get their blockers out of the way for Zantra, right? Absolutely. Yes. So you're like, listen, you can't hold back that 7-7 seven, seven blocker just to block her. You have to attack with it.
2: I also like the idea of just spreading damage around and causing chaos when it comes to combat because Zancha, we can activate it and kill someone, but a lot of times the five damage here, the two damage here, it just really adds up and it balloons. And if you can spread some more damage around and sow some discontent uh, between your opponents, that's really good.
1: I like sowing discontent. Uh, I did write in the margins here Maddening Imp because I think it's probably just a better version of Nettling Imp. It's uh, mm. It taps and makes all creatures target opponent controls attack. That's good. So, although they can, imp, they can swing at you. There's like,
2: another imp too that makes things yeah, attack.
1: That's kind of, imp became synonymous with this type of effect. That's weird, right? Because what? of this card. Yeah. Because it was the first. All right. Another creature that does a similar thing is Rage Nimbus. It's two in a red for a 5-3 defender with flying. It's an elemental. You can pay one in a red, no tapping of it. So just one in a red. Target creature attacks this turn if able. So you can just force, you know, multiple creatures if you have enough mana. To attack and again get blockers out of the way for Zancha.
2: yeah um also if we're gonna be did you just talk about this card? i did just talk was about it this in, card
1: was it with her or did you talk about this card in relation to another card we've done so many episodes recently i'm starting I think to mix it was up. the
2: survivors so this card has just been on your mind is this in your- i love this card <laughs> i really do it's okay so number one the card is crown of doom it's I've
1: never seen this so card. It's a three-mana
2: artifact. Whenever a creature attacks you or a Planeswalker you control, it gets plus two, plus zero into end of turn. That's bad, okay? <laughs> I don't want
1: that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> two, two generic mana. Target player, other than Crown of Doom's owner, gains control of it. Activate this ability only during your turn. So, so you activate it and you, you donate it to someone. Exactly, and as soon as you donate it, it can never go back to you. Your opponents can just waste mana passing it around between them.
1: Oh, because once they get it, it still has the activated ability of target player other than Crown of Doom's owner gains control of it. So they can pass it to somebody. No, I don't want this hot potato. That's what this should have been called. Hot potato. It's It's hot potato. Yeah. So
2: first off, an anthem that pumps your power twice is actually pretty strong. Think of like Yeah. which is five CMC. And that one, again, it's like a little bit better, but this is colorless, it fits it everywhere. And also the cost of this card, it's like, it's way under a dollar. It might be in the in the pennies. I think it's under a quarter.
1: It's totally a bulk rare, yeah. yeah. And and if you have five, you just play it and immediately give it yeah, to somebody. Yeah, you do
2: wanna do that. You play it and you donate it and suddenly it manipulates combat a little bit more. It sows those seeds of discontent. And you know that people are gonna be attacking each other with all of your chaos. And now it just adds another element. And also if they're trying to donate this crown back and forth, they're not activating the ability to draw cards off of your commander.
1: True, true. If they're playing hot potato with it, they're choosing that over draw cards. Although they're not dealing damage to the person with Zancha.
2: Also, seven power for Zancha is pretty good.
1: Yeah. Seven. That's true. She swings in for just bashed for more.
2: Yeah. Seven, seven, seven is that magical number because it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be under my control to be commander damage. It just has to be from the card.
1: That's a good point. All right. Oh, here's a familiar card seems like it's coming up a lot recently since (laughs) Let's try that again We did it we did it (laughs) You have the record for most uh, Paper throwing attempts that actually don't make it off the table. So
2: it's because I aim high. I Aim aim for the beautiful float you appreciate it when it works the beautiful float that comes out the camera Anyone can throw it behind their shoulder (laughs) bringing top quality content to YouTube out there. <laughs> the podcast th- the podcast just hears and Josh laughing. That's it. Anybody can throw it over their shoulder.
1: That doesn't show any athleticism. Is- <laughs> show some athleticism. Okay. The so, next th- one's going to be better. <laughs> the next card, uh, one we talked about in the underrated cards episode and one that I still have a little sticky note saying put it in the Nekusar deck. <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. It's Disrupt Decorum. It's too red-red for a sorcery. It says goad all creatures you don't control and what goad means is until your next turn those creatures attack each combat if able and attack a player other than you if able so i play this goes to dj's turn he has to attack with all of his creatures but can't attack me then jimmy has to do the same thing then mel has to do the same thing and now it's back to me so they're going to be tapped out a for Zancha and b they can't attack you so they have to hit each other for a bunch of damage does this type of card mean that when i play Zancha the strategy is actually give it to Mel, give it to the, sorry. You, if, just for those on of on you that board. can't yeah. see me, if, if, if um, DJ's to my left and Mel's to my right and Jimmy's diagonal, would it mean that I give it to the player to my right? Because with all these effects that make people attack, that force people to attack, I need to do that before the zantra player's going. So would the default be strategy B, I just find this interesting that geography matters. Oh yeah. Would the default strategy be give it to the player to my right? Because they're going to act after I've had a, a chance to mess with the other two players and, and screw up their blockers. So
2: here's the strategy that I've come up with. Okay, Early game, you pass it to your left. So that Zancha immediately gets haste and has to attack some of the other players before Before they they have have a chance chance to defend or stuff like that. In the late game where everyone has everything, some people keep up mana, I think you pass it to your right so that it basically has Zancha acting right before your turn. So you you can hold up mana and then do stuff right before your turn.
1: And your Disrupted Quorums, your Maddening Imps, they work better before the player to your right goes. Because yeah. if it's if you've got it, DJ, and I'm the player. Well, if I have player, a
2: gigantic thing and you're trying to get rid of Zancha, they could swing and they could block with it.
1: Well, me making Jimmy attack with his creatures doesn't do anything because he can't do that before you go. Yeah. So
2: Oh, and also Zancha will most Zancha's only untapped, hopefully, like once. once. And then it's swung in and tapped.
1: Right. Okay. So that's interesting. It's very interesting to think about. Uh,
2: obviously it all depends on the board state, which is also really interesting because we give you like, oh, general thing. Pass it to your left or your right, and then you like wait a second, the board is completely different this time.
1: right? Or so like
2: the, the creature makeup on the table is really different. Destructicorum is better. Destructicorum sucks. Uh, I like that. I like that, being able to have a deck that plays so differently based on exactly what's on the board state and what your opponents have.
1: Okay, so one thing you have written down here is removal spells let you get damage through, but mm-hmm. you really want them to be instant speed. Sorcery speed doesn't do as good because I think it's that same dynamic where the person that's got Zancha still has a choice so they have at least two players to uh, to choose from, maybe three, depending, maybe five, depending on how you play, but you're crazy if you play with seven players. Anyway, <laughs> um, so if one has some blockers and one doesn't, and they go to attack, you want to wait to see if they attack the one with blockers or not. And if they do, you almost want to wait and see to see how the other person blocks before you make a decision or not. And if they do, now you go, okay, I'm going to use my removal spell to keep Zancha alive. And then... If it's not instant, it's not good for you. So you've got a couple listed here. Uh, this card is really, really good in general <laughs> and should. If you're not playing this card in any of your decks, you're doing it wrong, probably. It's. Go ahead. It's
2: sudden spoiling. I think
1: this was one of my underrated cards in one of the underrated episodes. It should be
2: because it yeah. is underrated. It's one black black for an instant. Not just instant, it's split second. It's faster than instant. Whop-pah! Split second means that, is
1: it's, that what it like? No,
2: it's more like. It's like a it's like a lightning strike. That's what lightning sounds split like? Split seconds.
1: Okay. I would have gone
2: That's a pretty good split second. Mm,
1: I don't know. That sounds like a cat a little bit. Okay, well whatever it sounds like. We have no idea, evidently.
2: What's what it? What do? sound do What's you it? make when you do split seconds? What's it do? I don't make any
1: this is the sound I make.
2: Why don't you do sound effects when you attack with do you make sound effects when you attack with cars? Sometimes. Like okay, when you were playing vehicles in Kaladesh, did you go like uh?
1: No, not really That's a wasted opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, now I'm disappointed in myself.
2: Okay, so... Split second, as long as the spell is on the stack, players can't cast spells or activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. Basically, split second cannot be reacted to at instant speed, so it's going to happen.
1: Basically, there's some stuff that can, like, morph Tap mana, morph something. Is there anything else? Uh, I don't know, but there are some and the, are... You
2: can look at the top card of your library if you have that Sphinx thing. Oh,
1: yeah. There, there's very few. <laughs> it it normally means this that's, is going to happen. That's like
2: trivia, basically. Yeah. Like, find out what you can do faster than split second, but basically nothing. Until end of turn, creatures target player controls, lose all abilities, and have base power and toughness
1: 0-2. So, for one, if they double block or block at all, you can just sudden spoiling, turn their stuff into o- O2s, and Zantcha eats it and is not... Therefore eaten, so she sticks around. I like this card as a removal spell in this way because it also has a lot of ramifications for stopping combos and things from mm-hmm. happening. So what you've got is a ver- uh, something that's like almost a counter spell for combo related shenanigans. So Kiki Jiki Pestermite, this is going to stop that, or Zell's Contricks, or uh, Deceiver Exarch, you know, anything that goes with Kiki Jiki, basically a Splinter Twin-type stuff. stuff. We
2: can see interactions yes. going off. You could try to go off in your Tim deck and you're like, yeah, no, your Tims don't tap for anything anymore. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, so, And it, because of split second, it can go down in the middle of the combo or at any point during the combo and really just turn
2: it off. Someone has a Nekusar and you realize that they have they have too many wheels. You're like, oh, no, this is going bad. Boom, split second, no more damage from Nekusar. So it's really versatile.
1: Yep. So, And again, it works in this deck in just a basic scenario of save Sancha.
2: Save Sancha. Uh,
1: Another one, which was also, I believe, on my underrated cards previously. I'm telling
2: you, this episode, Josh, is filled with gold. It's Curtain's Call,
1: five and a black for an instant. It has Undaunted, so this spell costs one less to cast for each opponent. So in a normal four-player game, this actually costs uh, three and a, no, two and Two and a black. Two and a black, three mana. It says destroy two target creatures at instant speed. Just a great card. Just very efficient. Yeah. Super efficient. And there's cards that do this, but they you take five damage or lose five life. And they usually cost like black, black, and one. So yeah. this is just equivalent or slightly better than those because of the loss of life. All those, a couple of those, Exile. You can play any of those three cards. Yeah, obviously. I think
2: obviously that it's just instant speed is important. And getting rid of creatures, being able to play at instant speed and interact with the board is really good. We just gave you two of them, but there's lots of different ways of doing it.
1: Okay, so... What do You you want to say something about board wipes here.
2: I do. Uh, Board wipes aren't really ideal, uh, but if you do wipe the board, you want enough to be able to recast the commander so you can donate it to your left and it's almost like they have haste again. So if there are board wipes, like let's say like, okay, things are getting out of control, too many creatures on the board, you're making them attack, but the too many are attacking you, you don't have enough removal to handle it, you will need an ability to just kind of like, okay, let's shut this down. So board wipe is fine. Make sure it's cheap board wipe. I'm thinking Toxic Deluge. Yeah, Toxic
1: Deluge one. is the best one. So you pay
2: that for three and then you redeploy Zancha for five? Right. That That's actually like turn eight, eight mana, or turn seven or six with some ramp. That's kind of what you want to do. Wipe the board, redeploy Zancha, and suddenly you pass it off to your left. Josh plays Zancha and passes it off to me, and suddenly Zancha's swinging into Jimmy and Mel.
1: Yeah, that's something I didn't think about. So if I play it and I give it to you and I say pass turn, you're untapping with it so it doesn't have summoning sickness anymore. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh,
2: and also, you might you might not find time to really deploy Zancha, and if there's not a good time and you think your opponents might take more advantage of it or maybe you think, I'm just going to cast Zancha and it's going to run into someone else, then it might stay in your command zone a little bit. So having the ability to wipe the board and then deploy your Zancha is going to be really strong too.
1: Okay, so... Oh oh this is pretty cool. You said monarch is strong when you already have a plan to manipulate combat. So and especially because Zancha can't take the monarchy from you cuz she can't hit you.
2: Absolutely. And if other people want to take the monarch from you, then they're open to Zancha.
1: Right, they have to attack and with a card like Zancha on the table, they're naturally going to want to hold up more blockers, and so that's going to make it harder for them to take Monarchy from you. That's something I wouldn't have thought and about. You have,
2: you have Creature Kill. You have um, the Maze of Ith effects. You have all of the threaten effects. You can, like, mess with combat so much.
1: Okay, so the one that you mentioned here is Custody Lich. It's three black black for a zombie cleric. It says, when. oh, sorry, it's a 4-2. When Custodialich enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. So just boom, right there, you're the Monarch. You're going to draw a card at the beginning of your end step. Uh, but it says, whenever you become the Monarch, target player sacrifices a creature. So as soon as Custodialich comes in, you also pick a player and they have to sack a creature, which gets rid of a blocker, possibly for zancha And then interestingly, Custodialich, if you lose the Monarch and gain it back again, because now the monarch exists in the game. Like you need a card that kind of puts the monarchy into play, and then once it does, it's just going to stay. Somebody's going to be the monarch for the rest of the game.
2: Josh, do you like the monarch effect? What do you I think love it.
1: I think it's awesome. Okay. I I wish commander could be redesigned so the monarch was just on the table at the beginning of every game, so that like the first person that got took combat damage, the person dealing the combat damage became the monarch. I think that would be really big boon for the. Um, format as a whole. It's sort of like
2: that first blood advantage that you see in a lot of commanders that have points, you know, where they yeah. reward they It reward reminds me of the...
1: I always make the comparison of the blinds in poker. Poker has mm. an issue where if there's nothing to bet for, there's not any stakes, then no action can occur because Everyone there's nothing folds to go when after. Don't have anything, yeah. Right. So you need something to to stimulate action. And EDH has a similar problem in that there's often disincentive to do anything because there's no real big upside because the stakes aren't high enough. Like hitting you for two isn't worth much. So why do that when it can just make you mad for very little gain? Well, if the Monarch exists now all of a sudden, and it would help the decks that really need help in the format, the aggressive decks, the uh, Voltron decks. Eh? Mm. Eh? Well, see, I want to help Voltron. <laughs> uh, things like that. So anyway, that's a side tangent. I like this card a lot. I like Monarchy a lot.
2: What well, means that you guys should play mm. Monarch because I think it'll make your games more fun. And it's specifically good in this deck. You know, one other thing is that Edict effects, this This everyone, like if I say, play Fleshbag Marauder where right. everyone sacrifices a creature.
1: Not good because... That's awful. They just sacrifice Zancha. But and this one says target opponent. Great. Yeah. Okay. So we're okay. moving into the next category here, which is, this is the most DJ title for a category that I can think of. It's Punish the Table.
2: Thank you. <laughs> that's so flattering. <laughs>
1: You just want to punish, punish so, them. But
2: here's the reason why, is because I know there's a lot of Rakdos decks out there that play the let's punish everyone strategy. Uh, the One of the most common ones is the Rakdos god, uh, Lord Mogus, Mogus La- oh, God of Slaughter. Slaughter yeah. yeah, and uh, that's horrible in this deck because they can sacrifice the Zantja. Uh But the Mogus God of Slaughter, it's just two damage, two damage, two damage. I think that this commander might be better for that whole strategy of let's punish everyone.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you have wildfire (laughs) question (laughs) mark.
2: Okay. So wildfire is a really fun punishing, really fun punishing card.
1: No one's ever said really fun. And then wildfire before.
2: You should play you should come over and play cube more often. It's, You've never drafted the Wildfire. Oh, uh,
1: Wildfire's deck? in yeah, in cube and, and limited.
2: Just no, but, but see, here's the thing, if you love it in cube, you'll even you'll love it even more in commander. Okay, it's, so it's, let's explain Wildfire. What is it's it?
1: It's four red red for a sorcery. It says each player sacrifices four lands and then Wildfire deals four damage to each creature. There was a master set I'm going to say recently which is going to date me within like the last 4 years that I had this in it. Yeah. And, and it was pretty sweet.
2: Yeah, it was really sweet. Uh there's also another effect uh burning of Zinyi. But that's Mm -hmm. not as good because you have to, it's only you and an opponent, so it doesn't Mm -hmm. work in multiplayer. But there's a second effect that's very similar to this. So, the reason why I like Wildfire is that sometimes your opponent's having a lot of mana doesn't work in your favor because they could be activating Zancha and getting more cards and using it against you. So, basically, you're happy because they're killing this other player, but they might be gaining too much advantage and overwhelm you because, you know, maybe you're not the green deck, you don't have enough mana. And so this can kind of bring all the mana down and deal a lot of damage, especially to all those pesky creatures that could get in the way of your Zancha, which, by the way, has five power and yep. five toughness.
1: That's the big thing. It doesn't die to wildfire. So you wildfire and you're getting right in under the nose of Zancha here, killing all the little creatures and then, yeah, taking away some mana so that... Also, the taking away of the lands that each player sacrifices for lands tends to keep the game state close to where it is for a little while. It's hard to, like, a lot of times people are building towards something bigger. All of a sudden, well, I got to build towards that more because I was getting close to it and now you just knock me down.
2: Yeah, it's pretty easy in a big format like we have to go over the top of Zancha. And this might prevent people from going over the top. It does work a little bit counter. You do want a lot of mana for yourself to be able to activate Zancha and deploy a lot of your stuff. So it does work counter to that strategy, but I still think it could be really good uh, depending upon how the game is playing out.
1: Okay, the next card you've got listed here is Painful Quandary. It's three black, black for an enchantment. It says, whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player loses five lice. Lice? Well, I hope they don't have lice, actually. (laughs) Whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player loses five life unless he or she discards a card. So every time you cast a spell, you're either gonna take damage or lose a card.
2: I like this because it plays into Zansha. Yeah, it's just Uh, more of
1: what she wants to do. Exactly,
2: because you might be letting them draw cards, but then the painful quandary is putting a check on that, or it's draining the table a tremendous amount. You you can't keep discarding cards and you can't keep paying five life. It really is a quandary. It
1: really is a quandary.
2: It really is named appropriately.
1: (laughs) Uh, The next one is No Mercy.
2: And then okay, so no mercy uh is has an incomprehensible text. It's two black black That's for, the invocation. for a hum, no an enchantment. Uh whenever a creature deals damage to you, destroy it.
1: Yeah, this card's really good.
2: It's great. You're never gonna get attacked. Well, or you'll get attacked once, and then your creature will die.
1: Well, they just won't attack you if they don't have to. Zantra obviously can't attack you. Zantra but,
2: can't attack
1: you. But all your stuff like nettling imp and maddening imp and the things that like force attacks, but they could choose you, this kind of will blunt that stuff. They won't want to come at you cuz they're going to lose that creature. So, yeah, this is a really this is a really good card in this sec, I think, especially when a lot of combat's going to be forced. Oh, totally. Cuz no mercy sometimes when combat's not forced, people just don't attack anybody. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't do as good of a job. Did we have lightning behind us or something? What was that? I think so. Huh, okay. <laughs> What's lightning sound like?
2: It sounds like split second. Okay. <laughs> then then it comes like <laughs>
1: That's thunder. That's the thunder. Yeah, that's afterward. Okay. <laughs> Alright, the next one is Polluted Bonds, three black black, a lot of five drops in here, enchantments. Whenever a land comes into play under an opponent's control, that player loses two life and you gain two life. We talked about this. On wow, the Josh, underrated. this
2: sounds like a very underrated card to me. Yeah, this this whole thing is all the underrated <laughs> cards we've talked about just in a deck.
1: This is another sort of taxation. of so. Really Zancha kind of made you want to build a deck that's like just lowering everybody's life totals for everything they're kind of doing.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. When we're when we have a commander that spreads 5 damage around here and there, spreads 2 damage around, giving yourself a lot of card advantage, you want to keep taxing the table. You want to keep incentivizing attacks, bring everyone's life total down, make everyone punished, and then you can finish someone off almost by draining them out with Zancha. Cast drain them out with Zancha. And then
1: if so much damage is happening already, all your cards are sort of causing damage to opponents, then this next card sounds like a shoe in
2: Yeah, it's Wound Reflection. Uh, Five and a black for an enchantment. At the end of each turn, each opponent loses life equal to the life he or she lost this turn.
1: This card is brutal. Especially because you can play Wound Reflection after the damage has happened so they don't even know it's going to be doubled.
2: I deal a lot of damage. I attack in with Nahab and gain a bunch of mana, and then Wound Reflection. All that damage I dealt is doubled.
1: That's just brutal. And, and then, because Zantia has to attack, not you, when it gets through, Wound Reflection doesn't care when that damage happened or who dealt it, right? Just at the end of each turn, each opponent takes basically retakes the damage they already took.
2: Do you know what this reminds me of as well? Is that a card that was in this uh commander set that we talked about.
1: Oh, the sorrow. Yeah, where
2: you pick two players and their their enemies and then it doubles the damage. I think that could be really fun in the deck, too.
1: Oh right, whenever one takes the damage, the other does. That's great exactly. with Zancha because you activate, they lose two life, the other one loses two life, right? Yep.
2: The... Just imagine we got that and we got Zancha, we got wound reflection, we got all this stuff stacking up and suddenly your opponent's play a land and they instantly die.
1: Okay, I really like this one. I I wouldn't have thought of this. This is cuz I this is doesn't strike me as an EDH card, but in this deck it really you because normally you don't know if if, uh, your opponents have even any creatures or anything that is going to apply to this but now you do because you're playing the card so it's harsh mentor it's one in a red for a two two whenever an opponent activates an ability of an artifact creature or land on the battlefield if it isn't a man ability harsh mentor deals two damage to that player so you're guaranteeing that every player basically has access to a creature with an activated ability that's not a man ability Mm mm-hmm it's Zancha.
2: And it's a good ability that you yeah. want to activate. But now I have to
1: pay three, deal two, take two. Draw a card. Yeah, draw a card.
2: Which I might do. Yeah, but that see you might do that and it doesn't feel like it's not painful quandary damage of five damage or something like that. It's just two. You're fine taking two,
1: right? Yeah. People play greed, which is pay two, take two, draw one. Yeah. This is pay three, take two, draw one.
2: It's and fine. deal two. Yeah.
1: So yeah, exactly.
2: See, Josh is fine with it until he takes so much damage. He's dwindling in life and suddenly I destroy him.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
2: and I destroy him with this card. This card this was card just reprinted. Gross. Reprinted
1: in Commander 2018. So here you go.
2: Psychosis Crawler. Yep. Five mana for a star star horror. Psychosis Crawler's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your hand. Whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses one life. I will draw a card with Zoncha. Someone loses three, which is great. Whoever, and has, Zantcha, lose one.
1: Yeah, whoever has Zantcha is going to lose two and then lose one from your draw, and the other two are going to lose uh, one. This is a way that you could sort of maybe kill everybody without infinite mana, just with regularly lots of mana. Mana Geyser, in this instance, with Neheb, pr- probably gets her done.
2: So one thing that's great is that we've, we are imagining ways that we could just do tons of damage to the table in one go, but... All of these effects are cumulative. As we do one damage here, two damage there, one damage there, five damage here, a, a Zancha activation, a Zancha attack. Suddenly, people are going to realize that just the few damage all over the place ends up really affecting their life total. That's what this Rakdos taxing effect can do to
1: you. Uh-oh. I missed the next one, so you're going to have to do these from memory. It's a little combo because you've got an Engrath. Plus sire of insanity.
2: Yeah. Uh so Engrath. There's two Engraths. Which one? It's so Engrath is another sort of taxation effect where basically it's the planeswalker, where you tick it up and everyone discards a card and deals two damage. Okay. Uh you do want to kind of discard cards. You don't want to let everyone have free reign of, of Zancha drawing a ton of cards. Uh Engrath also has a weird minus. Do you remember what the minus is? No. Yeah, it's it's a threaten effect. Oh. Okay, so you can threaten a creature from from your opponent's and attack with it. And if it's CMC 3 or less, you sacrifice it at the end of turn.
1: Threaten effect everybody is Sorry. when you take control of somebody else's creature, you gain control of it, untap it and it gains haste until end of turn.
2: So what I really like about Angrath is the incidental 2 damage and the discarding of a card, but the added out of being able to take Xancha swing with it and hit someone for five damage and then sacrifice it because someone else is taking too much advantage of it is a nice outlet. You are giving someone advantage by playing Zancha. And so you kind of want the ability to say, Let's turn that off here. You're drawing yeah. way too many cards. Yeah,
1: let's take it and give it to you, so you can't draw cards exactly. anymore. Exactly, yeah. because you might
2: want to get rid of it and then redeploy it.
1: Also, because of the geogra- the geography thing we talked about earlier, it just might be in a disadvantageous place on the table, and you just want to redeploy it to a different spot. Yeah, and that's a way to do it too. I like that.
2: The next one is Sire of Insanity. Sire of Insanity is insane. Okay, it's a it's a crazy demon. It's a six four, and at the end of your turn. You just discard all your cards. Everybody, everyone,
1: all players discard their hands.
2: So basically, we're all playing Hellbent. No cards in hand. Whatever are we supposed to do?
1: Draw cards with Zancha.
2: Draw cards with Zancha. <laughs>
1: the poor player who has Zancha <laughs> when you cast Sire of Insanity, it just, just accelerates like, everything. Uh, well, and because now they're going to spend their first couple of turns just dealing damage to me, basically. And the the person who has Zancha can't draw the cards. so they're totally just, not. They're they're in, they're in super luck. trouble. Yeah, and
2: everyone else is like. Look, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to, but Zantra draw, Zantra draw, Zantra draw.
1: I like it. Okay, so the last uh, cre- the last card you have listed here that we're going to talk about today is Storm Breath Dragon. This is 3 red red for a 4-4 dragon with flying haste and protection from white. It has 5 red red for monstrosity 3. That means if this creature isn't monstrous, you put three one one counters on it and it becomes monstrous. And it says, when Storm Breath Dragon becomes monstrous, it deals... Damage to each opponent equal to the number of cards in that player's hand.
2: I think this is criminally underplayed. I think this monstrous ability can be crippling for many players. Do so much damage. And Stormbirth Dragon is just a good rate uh, to begin with. Notice how I've I've kind of added a few cards that are, that say, well, what if Zancha goes sideways? Like, right. what, what if, if somebody's
1: thing... the green player just ramped like crazy and is drawing way too many cards... And, exactly yeah and the life loss doesn't matter to them and you're just giving them huge advantage well
2: so sire of insanity in this don't pair well together because you monstrous it and suddenly you deal no damage but that's two cards out of your deck. What we're doing is we're trying to address that problem of, well, what if your opponent is using Zancha better than you and taking over the game? And so we have different ways of addressing that. And this one can also answer the, that Consecrated Sphinx mm-hmm. or that player that just went off and suddenly has 40 cards in their hand.
1: And flew too close to the sun, Storm Breath Dragon. It's a play on Stormseeker, one of my old favorite cards, so I like it.
2: The green the green direct damage. Yeah,
1: I used to fork it and kill people in my Howling mind deck. <laughs> Okay. So let's talk about some of the strategies that or decks that uh, a deck might be weak against and yeah. they that she might have trouble with.
2: I've been talking up this deck for like 45 minutes now and I have to take a step back and warn you Now, just because they're weak to certain strategies or some problems with this deck doesn't mean that you can't play it, but it does mean you need to be conscious of it so that you can play around it so that you know what you're getting into.
1: It might be those decks when you see them hit the table at the same time, you have to sort of go after them first because your only chance is maybe taking them out before they get going.
2: So we talked about one a lot of times. It's those ramp strategies. The people that do create a bunch of mana and then they draw so many cards that you have a hard time overcoming them. That's a problem. So we have ways to get rid of cards in their hand. Maybe we focus them with Zansha instead of someone else. So ramp strategies, big mana strategies, infinite mana strategies might be able to go over the top of you in your own deck.
1: Yeah, you might be giving them a big advantage in the ability to draw cards. Yeah. There's a lot of those decks out there too, so that would be somebody who I would identify as fast as I could and give them Zansha. Absolutely. Uh, You said they're weak, or this deck is weak against sacrifice outlets. That is huge. <laughs> if a deck is likely to have Ashnod's Altar, Goblin Bombardment, something like that, you really don't want to give them Zantra because it's so easy for them to not only get rid of Zantra but take advantage of it, get something out of it. They play their Sidisi Undead Vizier, Tutor, get rid of something they don't even want. That's not good for you.
2: Yeah, and this is this is pretty common. You'll see this in a lot of different decks. Just an Ashnod's Altar, like yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. Sacrifice outlets are good. People play them. Just a high market. Yeah. Uh, also. Uh, some it's weak against people that play flicker
1: oh yeah because it returns most of the time to owner's control exactly so So, rune just goes oh you can have that back
2: and suddenly you have oh that's the worst because now they're drawing cards and you're taking damage
1: yes (laughs) you can't even play it against a rune deck or a flicker deck
2: it's off it's 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 really bad
1: so what do you do i want to do that to somebody so bad now
2: (laughs) but here's what you need to do is recognize that and then you need to you need to not play zancha yeah and then when you do play zancha you maybe you play it against the rune player and you use your targeted removal to take that out and hopefully the rune player is ahead enough that the rest of the board is like well yeah i'll punish rune i'll punish rune i'll punish rune and then you use your instant speed removal to disrupt that or
1: a lot of ways that I get around this when my deck is sort of like there's a silver bullet against my deck sort of out on the table or the type of deck that my deck's bad against. I sort of hold stuff and try and be really explosive. So you might wait until you have Mana Geyser in hand with Neheb mm-hmm. and Zantra and go, boom, Mana Geyser, play Zancha, give it to you, Neheb, activate a bunch of times, try and just be have a really explosive turn later in the game. Just survive until you got enough mana to pull off something huge. And yeah. that's, that's a way to defeat a deck that you shouldn't be able to just because... It, you know, you just got to a point where you could do so much all at once and really, you know, you're spending all your resources, but you got rid of that one player and now you have a chance in the game.
2: Absolutely. And one thing that's good is that we didn't go all in on just comboing with Zancha. We're manipulating the table. We're letting things develop and letting combat happen, uh, letting taxing our opponents over many, many turns. So a lot of that can play into a larger strategy and we don't have to slam Zancha on three. Uh, along with Flicker, a card like Homeward Path, that's yeah. real bad. Uh, also, other players, the Edict effects, you're playing against the Marin player who plays Fleshbag, Marauder, and Merciless Executioner over and over and over again, and you can't let Zahn, It won't let Zoncha stick on the battlefield.
1: Grave packs and... Yeah. Dictative Airbos, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's tough because the there's a lot of that, that stuff in our format. We just mentioned three problems, and they're three really popular... Tr- ramp. You will play against Ramp.
1: Oh, 100%.
2: All the time. Uh, sacrifice. sacrifice Outlets? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like even maybe not a flicker strategy specifically, or maybe not even a home path specifically, but people are going to play edict effects yeah. all the time. So these are the things you need to identify and be very worried about when you're playing Zancha.
1: All right. To the listeners. What do you think about the Zancha deck? Are there some cards we missed, or is there an entirely different strategy that you would attempt with this? This is not a cut and di- cut and dry commander, right? No, it's so weird, you right? Could, yeah, so so this is not necessarily the only way to go. Maybe there's a completely other way to go that you've thought of. Please put that in the comments. I'd love to check it out. I'd love yeah. to hear. We don't talks. have
2: the we don't have the the every every one of you because as soon as a commander comes out, everyone's going to start brewing, and we have the benefit of. Thousands of people thinking and brewing and talking and stuff like that right Right now. now, Josh and I geeking out
1: nobody else (laughs) knows about these cards except people at Wizards (laughs) and we and us so we're just been talking to ourselves about it going like what about this? Well, that sounds cool I think this is a pretty cool deck. I think it would be fun to play. I
2: think it's really fun Yeah, Yeah.
1: so if you heard about any cards in here, you want to build a Zonja deck you want to pre-order any of the commander 2018 pre-cons If you just go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, use that affiliate link to order your stuff. You are supporting this show. You're supporting Game Nights, all of our content. You're going to buy these cards anyway. You're going to buy Magic products. If you just use the affiliate link when you do, you are making sure that all of our content continues to flow. And while you're there, you should check out the Ultra Pro products. They make the playmats, deck boxes, sleeves, dice, all kinds of awesome stuff. that are going to spice up your battlefield, make it look cool. And they've moved on now to some other awesome stuff things like this scroll that we have back here, the Knight of New Banalia scroll. You may have seen the Nickel Bolas one in Game Nights. They've got a bunch of these now and it's a great way to sort of hang it up in your game room, in your house, in, in your room and just kind of make it look aesthetically pleasing. I really like them in here because it just feels great for the game room. So. Absolutely. Ultra Pro always doing awesome stuff. Okay, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic.
0: What do you got, DJ? All
2: right. I'm just completely <laughs> just say, a taking it, over it for granted now. I'm not even trying to think. What money. do you got, DJ? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh this one's a little bit. Oh, it is. I'll just launch into it. Yeah, just go. I'm. I'm a nerd in many different ways, uh-huh. as you've probably found out from all of the other end steps that we have. uh You might also not know that, like, I'm an Eagle Scout, and so I love the outdoors. I love camping, and right now. It's like summertime. It's going to start turning from like, right now it's a little bit hot in Los Angeles to go outside and do some stuff. It's like
1: 95 every day right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But coming up, there's going to be a little bit of time out here where it's awesome to get outdoors and do some fun outdoorsy stuff. Have you ever, do you ever go tubing? Yeah, I've been tubing before. You just get in an inner tube and float. I haven't
1: done that since I was a kid. That yeah. is
2: the, one of the best feelings ever. Sometimes we're dealing with so much magic. We're getting into game stores. It's like we're under these lights, these neon lights in game stores, and you feel cooped up. I think what's really nice is to just slip on some shoes, get out there, and, and hit a trail somewhere. Get go, outside a little. Get, get outside outside some sun. outside a little bit.
1: Yeah. That's good so, advice, actually. I don't do it enough.
2: I don't do it enough either. And we live love, in a
1: place where you could go outside every single day absolutely yeah we
2: could go outside everything single day i know behind behind my house they're fire trails yeah. like all up and down the canyons take my dogs out there we go i throw on a podcast and uh go out and just kind of like be outside for a little bit so i suggest that download the next episode of this podcast and go outside a little bit and, and just go for a, walk. a little bit yeah,
1: yeah yeah you don't have to do anything extravagant you can just go for a walk and, uh, or we'll, you can go, tubing, we'll keep you, we'll keep more... you company. Well, yeah, but don't wear the headphones if you're going to go tubing, right? Necessarily. Unless, yeah, you're unless right. you got like a waterproof
2: <laughs> tubing, you don't need headphones. You just kind of like, oh, I want to <laughs> do that. I haven't done that in a couple of years.
1: I haven't done that in a long time since I was a kid. That oh, sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. You know what else is a lot of fun? Our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern, Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMcast or right next to us at Collected.Company.
2: All right. So we've been doing a lot of episodes. We've been doing a lot of episodes, Josh.
1: We've been recording a lot of episodes. So if you don't know behind the scenes here at the Command Zone, DJ and I, because Commander 2018 came out and we want to cover it from every angle... This is our seventh episode in a row over the course of three days that we've recorded because we need to give en- we need to give enough lead time to our editors to be able to complete all that stuff so that it releases in a timely manner for you guys. So yeah, we've been doing so, a lot of episodes. And as
2: we're recording a lot of episodes, we create a lot of work for these editors. So we want to thank our editors, Craig Blanchette, Terry Robertson, Murph, we Josh love you Murphy. guys, Josh Murphy. <laughs> thank you guys so much. They've been doing an awesome job editing all of this stuff. And uh, all the prettiness that's going on, you know, we provide our faces, but they really provide. Oh, that's a what I thought it. you were talking about. Oh, nice. yeah. That, I mean, we provide a lot of it, but then they provide some cool <laughs> stuff too. Also, like, you're not looking at our faces. We all know that you're looking at this beautiful background behind us. Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG, thank you for these amazing animations.
1: And thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Peace.
0: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee See you later, alligator.
1: Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>
0: In just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.